0: Okay. I'm on. I'm on. Okay. The open wouldn't play for some reason. Um, <coughs> so uh, here we are. Whatever that open says. is uh, I don't even know what it says. What does it say? Well, anyway, here we are. It's uh, Tuesday, I think, February 25th. And um, uh, Susan is joining us from California. Hi, Suze.
1: Good morning, good
0: morning, good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Hello. (laughs) I don't know where to start. Why is that? You know, I want to start with something that has nothing to do with anything, just because it's been on my mind. It has to do with dogs. Um, One of the things that my dog does that just regularly sort of makes me unhappy because I completely anthropomorphize it. But is he sighs all the time. And I'm wondering, do other animals sigh? It is just, you know, where he brings a toy and I say, no, I don't want to play. And he'll stand there for a while with it in his mouth, hopefulness, you know, still exuding from his uh, little bod and then he'll eventually drop the toy and then you'll hear (sighs) i mean just a true sigh (sighs) i don't do other animals i don't cats don't sigh i've lived with cats horses don't sigh cows don't sigh
1: Dogs are very good, real good communicators. I mean, real good communicators.
0: But do they get I that conversation? Yeah, my dog. yeah, I know. But do they get that from us? I mean, I'm. I really started wondering. Uh, there has to be other animals that sigh, like maybe monkeys sigh. Because it is. You can tell <clears throat> when he does it. It is a. You know, it's a sigh. It's okay.
1: It means exactly what you think you mean. Oh, well.
0: That's what I read it as. But it it sounds, if I were to record his sigh and record human sighs, you cannot tell the difference. His sigh sounds absolutely human. It's an exhalation of, of breath in a sort of, you know, where it's... And then that's the end of it.
1: I give up. (coughs) Well, now, my dog, on the other hand, at uh, one thirty this morning, for no good reason, decided that it was time to go out. And my dog never does that. So I had to pay attention. So first I run downstairs and I open the front door in hopes that he'll just run out. No, no. So then I run upstairs and put on sufficient clothes that I can take him out. And I try to do it without a leash. And then I get scared. It's very dark. (laughs) What if if he runs? Um, So then I go back in and get the leash. And then we go back out. And he starts moving again, clear communication, in such a way that we're playing. I know what we're doing right now is playing. That he's saying, I can't believe it. I got her up i we are him. I'd kill him. Are, kill him. are you he, kidding me? His mm. nose is his nose down. He's chasing scents. No. You know, no, um, no, no. Uh, I, uh, I just I pulled up short and I said, We are you better have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and you geez. better do it fast. Oh wow So he okay. runs over to a tree. And he does something, and then I figure, well, if he didn't get me up for that. So we keep walking, and I walk him in a little circle to come in another door, but to pass it, because nothing's happened. And he puts on the brakes to say, no, I wanted to play. You didn't want to play. No, so, he
0: wanted to play. So now we're
1: muttering. So now we're, I get it back in the house, and I'm muttering at him quietly, and I Back upstairs, and then he sits at the bottom of the stairs and starts barking. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I will repeat. I'd
0: kill him. I, I, I'm re- repeating so, this. So
1: I went downstairs, and I was I was middle of the night <clears throat> middle of the night yelling at him, and hauling him upstairs by his collar, telling him what I thought of him, and he got he got the idea. And then he laid down and sighed.
0: Yeah, I would (laughs) imagine, yes, he would have (laughs) sighed. God, though, I mean, that's,
1: wow. Anyway. He's never done that. I started thinking, is he blind? I've always wondered if he's blind. Now I'm wondering if he's blind and he really can't tell the difference between day and night.
0: Well, he's not blind. But he's, you know, they're manipulators. He he saw an opportunity, decided he'd give it a shot, whatever, and you fell right into his hands. But I wish my dog would stop sighing. It just uh,
1: it, it makes me... Well, it's not going to happen because he knows it works. He's communicating with you. All he's saying is, I really wish you would have. <laughs> well, I know,
0: and then I feel it's guilty. I feel guilty. So... Ah, ah. Anyway, okay, enough, enough dog
1: talk. Uh, Oh, jeez. But wait a minute, just in a positive on the dog column I would like to say that since I have uh, been in this climate Dog and I have been walking over, well, usually about 12,000 steps before 11 a.m., and that's about five miles every day.
0: Well, don't expect me to come along with you. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of counting steps, uh that brings us to uh Catherine Johnson. I wanna note her passing. This is that brilliant uh woman who John Glenn wouldn't wouldn't head to the wouldn't head out with. No, it was it was Neil Armstrong, right? Uh No. Right. Both of them.
1: Until she double checked the computer, both of them. Right. They would have her, only her, redo all of the. Yeah. Yeah. um, Right. All of the. What the computer did because they didn't. They didn't trust.
0: They didn't trust the machine. Now she was called a computer. That's what these women who did the math were called. They were called computers.
1: Um, Well, because they computed.
0: They computed. And uh, she was the one. Yeah, it says here that when Glenn, Glenn made a, po- a final check of his planned uh, trajectory when he was going to be the first uh, to American to orbit the Earth. Um, he asked that Mrs. Johnson double-check uh, the machine's figures uh, by hand, like she did. She used a pencil, a slide rule, and that's it in her head and uh he said if she if she says the numbers are good i'm ready to go what an amazing woman and uh what an amazing uh life uh every every astronaut from alan shepard the first american in space who didn't even do an orbit to uh yeah to neil armstrong who walked on the moon uh wanted her to double-check all of the math, because if the math was wrong, they were dead. Um, Incredible. Incredible. But she used to count, as a kid, she counted everything, and she counted her steps. Um, She knew how many steps it took to get to school, to get to church. So, I mean, she was just uh, born to... Do numbers, and and when she um, she got out of uh, high school and went to a, uh, a a black college in West Virginia, the uh, professor said, you know, you would make a great research mathematician, and I'm going to prepare you for that career. And she said, well, yeah, but where would I find a job? And the professor said. Well, that's your problem. Anyway, she found a job. 101. We never would have... Not, I mean, my God, it was that movie that told us about her. Yeah, although a book was a had good been, movie. It was a very good movie. Uh, Hidden Figures, by
1: the way, if you haven't seen... But right, it took somebody to actually read that old-fashioned device called a book.
0: Yeah, someone wrote a book about her and the others and um i mean at the time it was totally a nasa was a totally segregated facility she never ate with the white folks uh they were totally segregated not just segregated by uh, uh race but also by gender
1: right cuz they were women
0: they were there women and they were and they were black that's
1: why there weren't any bathrooms
0: yeah You know, there's. I have to say that the um, the reporter Margaret Fox, who wrote the obit for um, her in the New York Times, um, has about the greatest opening sentence uh, imaginable. So I I just want to point that out and share it with you. It is this: They asked Catherine Johnson for the moon, and she gave it to them. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. That was an exemplary, extraordinary woman. Now let's talk about a woman before we get to Bernie Sanders because we're going to end up with Bernie. Um, there's another woman who's been on the news, uh, in the news, who is somewhat of a hidden figure. Um, and I'm glad that it's. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm just guessing. Are we talking about Mrs. Thomas?
0: Yes. Susan is always right on the money. Yes. We are talking about Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence. Is that a pubic hair on your Coke, Thomas? Thomas, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah, Susan. She's, she's been a pain in my ass for a long yeah, time. Yeah, she
0: is about... I mean, as, for
1: years, she's yeah. been an inappropriate piece of you-know-what on the bottom of my shoe.
0: Well, she is really <sighs> awful, and she is a real political operative. And it turns out, for the last, ever since Trump's been in office, she has been uh, almost a one-person lobbying uh, uh, campaign to determine who in the White House staff was not sufficiently loyal. Off with their heads. Right. Off she, with their heads. She's been keeping lists. She's been not then alerting the White House. She has been um, uh, suggesting and pushing uh, other people who would be in fact loyal. She uh, founded an organization called Groundswell made up of other, um, I don't know. I see this as a bunch of crazed women. Made up
1: of her and her, it's the Groundswell. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, so now that Trump is uh, essentially uh, purging everyone from the White House who uh, is not sufficiently kowtowing to him, uh, this has been outed her work has has been outed um and the new york times has a has a piece about it and says that in the white house uh privately some uh some people say that her suggested the people she suggests could never survive uh any kind of you know legitimate vetting process you know who she suggested to them that loathsome, noxious, cowboy hat-wearing sheriff, murderous sheriff of Milwaukee, David Clark, do you remember Ooh. him?
1: Oh, God. Yes, I do. Even He even finally embarrassed himself and had to disappear.
0: Yeah, he has disappeared. Can't quite remember.
1: Yeah, well, I can't remember what he did, but he did something that even embarrassed himself, and he had to disappear.
0: She was touting and him. And I can't remember what was it was. She was touting him. This is the, chief, the the justice's wife. She was touting him as um, uh, somebody for a ho- homeland security position. She's been pushing Fox News uh, types uh, for counterterrorism positions. Um, and... She has presented herself to the White House as uh, as someone who knows who is, again, someone you trust and someone you don't. You know, when you see people show themselves to be the kind of people, again, I'm just going to use uh, Hitler's Germany, people who will just fall in line and immediately start acting like this purity test, throwing people out who are not sufficiently loyal uh the paranoid aspect of it and that this is the wife of a chief of a justice is really uh strange because what about cases that might come up really seriously this doesn't Sort of require at some point. I suppose it doesn't. That
1: well, I mean, here's Trump saying that you know that Ginsburg and Sotomayor should uh, recuse yeah. themselves from any cases involving him, right?
0: Well, I because think Cla- I think Clarence and, Thomas and, should. And, and,
1: and to me, that, that to me that's that. that that fine, as long as the rest of them recuse themselves from any case on abortion, because I sure as hell detect bias there. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't understand that the point of being on the court is that you're supposed to be able to separate your personal from your professional, and you apply the law,
0: period. Yeah, but there's a, there's a number of people on that court right now who don't do that. They're they're uh, ideologues. That's all they are.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: That's why they're there. Oh dear,
1: I'm just saying. Once once you start playing it, uh, I you know once Trump plays that card, well the other side of the card is my side of the card.
0: That's right. That's right. Oh God. Anyway, Ginny <clears throat> Thomas, as awful a person as there is. The Thomases in general. God, what an awful twosome. Anyway, so I must say I was surprised at the Weinstein verdict <clears throat> because...
1: Uh, well, th- here's my question. Can I ask a question <laughs> even though I'm a lawyer? What could be more aggravated sexually than a rape?
0: I Well, I don't know how their law reads. Um,
1: but, but do you know what I mean? <coughs> I yeah, excuse me. The two lesser charges, of sexual assault and <coughs> rape, but that's not the more serious of aggravated sexual assault. And my immediate reaction was, I don't know what's more aggravating than rape.
0: I think what it yeah, is, I mean, Susan, sure is I, it shows... A,
1: the use of the power. It's no, the use of the power.
0: No, I, no, is. I don't think so. I think it is that um, you literally are a sexual predator, that it is a pattern. It's not like you just all of a sudden in a lustful moment, you know, took a woman by force. It's that this is your M.O. in general, that you're a sexual predator.
1: It, well, I don't know how they could be hung on that. I mean, that's <laughs> like uh, just an accepted fact.
0: Well, that's that's how, um, well, I don't know. I don't I know. I think,
1: well, no. No, in my own head, they got confused about this ongoing, you know, the fact that these women seemed to gain something at the same time that they were being. Well, but this is what
0: prize. that's what's so amazing about this that they found, even though um, uh, one of these women in particular.
1: Even though there was an ongoing relationship. Even though with
0: she continued yeah. to see him, they still. Said no, he raped her. So this shows an ability to, and the jury was a majority male. It was seven five uh, male female.
1: Well, I'll tell you what else. I, I'll tell you what else. It's amazing. I think that the time of, I think the time of the standard defense tactic is gone. That as you point out, even a a, pri, a predominantly male jury when they hear them going after these women and and telling them that his behavior is their fault he, they are they are even aware enough now to to look, know what they're looking at and it becomes and once you know what you're looking at it's really unconscionable well there's no other place where the victim is blamed for being shot for being, you know, for being run over by a car, for being, but women and men get blamed for their own, uh, their own misfortune. Well, and that's the accepted legal technique: tear that woman, that woman down, shred right. her to bits.
0: Right. Well, but so somebody, um, a lot of people were thinking that because this was a more complicated case. Um, that it's the kind of case that prosecutors in the past would never bring, especially up against someone as powerful with the legal power behind him that uh, Weinstein could muster. And so there was a great deal of concern about this, and I frankly thought he'd walk. So I I was surprised. I was really surprised. Um, a, A law professor at Northwestern said this, it is a perfect test case of what happens when a culture begins to shift
1: um well and let me say that what made that culture shift is enough women yeah enough women standing up and saying no we we really aren't going to take this anymore and enough men willing to stand beside their women um unless that happens it's simply i mean there are more of us than them all we've ever had to do is stand up and say not anymore
0: stop being and a hidden you, figure just, i'm sorry you didn't hear that but, but.
1: we have to keep saying it well, yeah, yeah. I heard that stop being a yeah but figure. yeah
0: but just because um in this one case in this one jurisdiction new york oh
1: this, this it's, doesn't it doesn't change much of anything
0: in a lot of other jurisdictions where women are still uh, uh you know not believed and uh, guilty well, until it's proven because, innocent again
1: i'm just going to keep saying it's because it's so um intricately woven into the fabric of our culture the uh, women's place in the society In every single aspect of every single thing we do, how we present ourselves, how we speak, how we feel, it's ingrained in all of us, chiefly the women. So every time a woman gets up the gumption and we get up enough gumption and enough numbers to make change, that's remarkable because we're really fighting against uh, what seems to be our natural... Um, antagonistic to what we're trying to get done you know
0: goal. Well, it's the only way it works and uh, the gay movement showed that uh, uh, the only way all of gay marriage happened gay. It, uh, the only way this happened is uh, enough gay people said here I am
1: they came out we need unions All of us, we need to be united in whatever way we are, you know, for whatever our cause, you know, whether it be uh, women's rights. I mean, you know, now we got we got we got attorneys general coming to say why the Equal Rights Amendment cannot be reinstated. (laughs) You know, uh, who, who you know, we have men standing up and saying why they are against the Equal Rights Amendment.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said she doesn't think um, – she thinks they have to start over. Did you know that?
1: Well, yeah, I think we need a human rights amendment. Well, here's why
0: – no, you can't – this this Virginia passing this ERA thing does not make it the final state because there are states that passed it. That would start hollering that they wouldn't pass it now, there are red states that passed it back then, so you can't do it, it, it this doesn't work. You do have to start from the beginning, I think do you know what I mean? It's not just oh we, yeah, well, we, we'll
1: say. yeah i mean uh, they can they can pass a law on repealing their prior stuff, I guess, but they'd have to they'd have to go out in the state and...
0: I don't know I don't feel like I need an e r a I don't.
1: Well, the only the only way to undo a binding vote is by another binding vote. I, I would say. Uh-huh.
0: All right, so uh, let's get to um, Bernie. Um, this is going to take me a while because I I have it in three Somebody somebody, <laughs> yeah. s- somebody tweeted this in in little pieces, so I, it's going to. He says this. It is possible to hold several ideas in one's head at the same time. So here here he goes. One, he says, I think Bernie Sanders is a terrible nominee who would be a bad president. He represents a lot of things I don't believe. And he has a substantial chance of getting crushed by Donald Trump. Okay, that is one thing he believes, and frankly, I'm sort of there with him. Um, He goes on to say, oh, I lost one of them. He goes on to say, I am not certain I know what constitutes electability these days. So while my gut tells me his nomination is a terrible idea, I don't know that he can't win. That that is correct. He finishes with, he is in all respects not my choice. I will argue against him as long as there is a chance of defeating him. But in the fight against authoritarianism, it would be a historic error, and it's one centrists have made before, to decline to make common cause with him.
1: Also correct, and I frankly think uh. that if we are, if he has this much steam, that there are more of us that would hold our nose and vote for Bernie than there are Bernie folks. Well, I that agree would with that. Say we was robbed twice. Yeah, and and they so go home. It's even worse not to make him the nominee. Yeah, but you know here he's. All- I think we he's got to pick somebody good as vice president. I don't care. I'm I'm just stuck on tweet number three. I don't care. We've got a common cause. Any of them, any of them is better than uh what we than have. Trump and as mother says when she listens to Bernie, uh I sort of agree with everything he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, it doesn't matter. No, gotta, I'll tell you, you where get past the Congress so No, you know.
0: I'll tell you where Bernie will loser.
1: her. On Israel.
0: Yes, and I want to say That Bernie single-handedly, in the last two days, has lost Florida. Uh, If he's the, he's lost Florida because of the the Cuban Americans there, Cuban, and because of the Jews. Um, Boy, Uh, I I don't know. I mean, every Democratic every Democratic president has had. 80% 80% of Jews, uh, you know, uh, voting for him. His stance on Israel is such that there will, be, there will be lots of Democratic Jews who will not, they won't vote for Trump, but they will not vote. Susan, I know it in my heart.
1: Well, you might be right, you know, but here's what the other thing that I know.
0: How do you win as a Democrat if the the Jews don't? the
1: the, The political picture that we are looking at today is just that it's a snapshot, and this is a continuing and evolving event. So, what we know today is totally different than what we might know in three or four weeks. Let's let it unfold. I mean, we we haven't got to Super Tuesday, so let's not anoint Bernie the winner. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. He's got a he's got a head full of steam, but maybe he'll you know maybe he'll spontaneously combust. Hell, maybe he's got a thirty percent chance of having another massive coronary in the la- next two years. You know, maybe he'll <laughs> blow up. You don't know.
0: Yeah. It's- I, I just, just, I mean, see, now that he's watch. the front runner, though, we will see um, all of this crap, you know, the commie crap, the, you know, the, um, and the anti-Israel crap. And it, it's going to, it's going to be so divisive. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it makes me queasy. Well, I don't, I don't. <coughs>
1: I don't all I'm going to say is this is this is what our democratic process looks like
0: he has so, mainstream year, jewish yeah there's mainstream jewish organizations that i do not think of as conservative american jewish committee anti defamation league have both made statements uh in in the i guess in the last 24 hours just excoriating um his what he has said about his refusal to, you know, appear at AIPAC. Now, I find AIPAC rebu- repulsive myself. But he says things that are play right into the hands of people who are just, uh, I don't know, in their guts anti-Israel. I don't know. Wouldn't it be something? Right. Though the first Jewish president will uh, be the first anti-Israel. And, real. Or the first, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many. <clears throat> or because he's the nominee, and uh, Jews abandon uh, the Democrats for the first time in uh, in history, um, and consequently Trump is reelected. The Jews will then be blamed for putting in power this uh, proto-fascist, authoritarian, anti-Semitic uh, administration. Isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, you know, Lynn, I was determined to be cheery um and to make it last all hour, but I mean this last little thing has just made me want to pull the covers over my head. <laughs> all
0: right. Okay. All right. And we don't want to talk about did you see the little town in Belgium that had their festival? Did you see that one? No. Oh. No. Well, I wish I could send you a picture. It's extraordinary. When I first saw it, it's uh, a car. Is
1: that the one where there's two guys sitting on bugles in the water?
0: No, no. It's the one where there are a whole bunch of guys dressed as grotesque caricatures of Jewish men and to the po- oh, to the oh, point right. where Just they have they, actually yeah. f- they created uh these extraordinary costumes that make the jewish men then into ants so they have like legs coming off them uh it's a grotesquerie beyond belief and these guys this character of Jews as infestors, as infestation, um, we're parading around in this uh, in the at the Alst carnival, and there was also a thing with uh, something with the whaling wall being uh, you know used. It was just flat out unbelievable Nazi level um anti Semitism.
1: Anti Semitism.
0: And the yeah. mayor refused to condemn it. Another group of men wore uh, orthodox looking Jewish suits and plastic hooked noses and wave signs some of which read, Do not tell the truth about Jews. Um they were they were just festooned. This this festival, by the way, UNESCO um, withdrew its. It used to be considered an a, a world heritage event, but last year they did shit with did this to Jews last year, and UNESCO, the United Nations uh, organization, withdrew its recognition of it as a world heritage event. Um, that year, that was last year, they had a float featuring effigies of uh, Orthodox Jews holding bags of money. And one of the ref- effigies had a rat perched on his shoulders. That, UNESCO then, withdraws their thing. And then this year, this town doubled, doubled down. Yeah. And the mayor says he defended this display as a mere expression of the irreverent spirit of the community Um, he has defended the right of participants to mock Jews as a form of satire and he said the event was a display of unity
1: yeah against Jews
0: I it's really something
1: I'm just and the the rest of the country says says nothing about this
0: no the um there was an interesting thing where um uh the Britic, the, the belgian and this i find really astonishing <clears throat> the Belgian prime minister is a um a woman Prime Minister Sophie Wilms, and she is supposedly a Jew.
1: Sounded like a yeah.
0: She why? Because her name's Sophie.
1: I guess. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, right. Sophie's choice, right? <coughs> so well,
0: she said um, it was did damage to the country's reputation. That's not a very strong That's statement. It.
1: That no, no, nope.
0: and it uh,
1: doesn't say it's wrong. It just says we won't look good. That's totally different.
0: I it's um, whatever. Yeah, she says it damages the country. Belgian prime minister says the the Jewish caricatures damage the nation. Oh yeah, I guess. So this kind of crap, Ola, just uh, keeps on a coming.
1: Is everywhere. All right. It's everywhere. All
0: right. I'm sorry, I lost my uh my my mail page. Okay. <clears throat> Here's something. This is uplifting too, Susan. <coughs> <laughs> I can't
1: look let's I just let's just cough Let's just do and I cough. <laughs> <off the laughs> okay, I'm sorry minutes. that I'm coughing. I'm. It'll be more uplifting. No, I'm doing the same thing. I've just managed to get a cough drop in my mouth. So
0: go ahead. Okay. Oh, wait, I'll do one more Jew thing. Do you know that um, this there's an organization that the White House, Trump's White House, has given White House uh, press privileges to? Um, that is right. just flat out anti-Semitic, and this right. is the same White House that tries to, you know, bar people from <laughs> legitimate networks.
1: Yeah, no PBS, no NPR, but no NPR, but this right, this white nationalist. Uh, rat well, it's called
0: it's called True News. A definite. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime somebody calls themselves True News, it's like you know Fox News, fair and balanced understand that it's the exact opposite um, YouTube the other day permanently banned uh this true news from YouTube now it takes something to get permanent
1: up any more of its lies
0: <laughs> go ahead yeah and and but sir but then I read that and I think, oh good, and then here's the next. <laughs> the next thing says, episodes of True News, however, <laughs> still appear
1: available every-
0: on other YouTube channels. What the hell does that mean? How do you ban them and then it still appears? They also appear, of course, on Facebook and on Twitter. So it's they're there. True News, um. And they were banned for a number of reasons, but here's something. Their founder is a pastor, a good Christian man from Florida. And he said in one of the videos that the effort to impeach Trump was, quote, a coup led by Jews to overthrow the constitutionally elected president of the United States. And then he says, I am going to tell you, Christians, you're next. Get it through your heads. They're coming for you. That's the Jews. They're coming for you. There will be a purge. That's the next thing that happens when Jews take over a country. They kill millions of Christians.
1: And where is his, where is his historic reference for that?
0: I can't imagine. It's true news. Jews take over a country and then slaughter Christians. Yeah? Uh, I don't know, Susan, what he might be referring to. But this is the kind of shit that Facebook won't take off, that Twitter won't take off, and that YouTube apparently won't take off either. But the White House... The Trump White House has provided media credentials for True News. They let True News come with them to the uh, to Davos. I. All right, that's it. You sound like my dog.
1: I know. You got me sounding like a dog. Maybe.
0: <laughs> oh jeez. All Suze, it is. I'm sorry, but don't we have to know this stuff?
1: Yeah, sure. It's important to know when the mobs coming down the street.
0: First they came for the migrants, but I was not a migrant. Then they came for the black males, but I was not a black male. Uh, okay, this is out of Elizabethtown, Tennessee. This is the great United States of America. I have railed for a long time uh, about these uh, active shooter drills in schools, uh, terrorizing children needlessly. Um, but it turns out that's not the only thing that schools now are having to do. Listen to this. I don't know if you saw this. But I'm looking at a picture of kids in first grade, and they're in a class. And they are being talked to by a drug prevention educator who's made... Oh, yes. Okay, so she's made a, a a you know game out of this um but where somebody is mer- where somebody is dead or almost dead or lying on the floor or something and she goes through this elaborate game so that she can teach these little kids how to administer narcan to the adults in their lives who are lying on the floor dying
1: who are dropping like flies and that and the worst part of that article is they get is, sent home with an article they teach the kids
0: they send them home with them they
1: need they they send them home with them and they need replacements that's they right they use them
0: here's the drug education counselor telling these 6 and 7 year olds it's just like a little squirt gun you squirt it in mommy's nose. Yeah, at the end of the session, the little kids receive a blue zippered bag containing two doses of Narcan to take home, so they can save their parents or older siblings.
1: Do you know how? Do you know how pervasive the problem has to be? for that to be the solution. Yep. Yep.
0: In the past three years, the the county, they're in Carter County, Tennessee, uh, the county's Drug Prevention Coalition has given Narcan training to an estimated 600 young children. Um, in after-school programs, in babysitting classes, they're trying to reach the kids because they figure they're the ones who are capable of saving these it's it's beyond
1: belief they're on the front line well but you know okay now i'm gonna yeah i mean first of all it's beyond belief second of all it's beyond tragic third of all on the positive side imagine the trauma of the child finding the parent and watching the parent die as opposed to the trauma of the child finding the parent
0: and, and having to them. save them. Right. Right. But then, having to save them again. And having to and save again, them again,
1: again. It's unbelievable. Well, it is, it's unbelievable. At a certain point, the kid's got a choice. <laughs> oh.
0: So I mean, you know, when you uh, read the, um, if you try to stay ahead of news, (laughs) this is what's coming at you. This This is what's on the news. It's not on your cable station because they're just Johnny One Notes singing the same song hour after hour after hour. And what used to pass is newscasts are now given to soft news. You know, like you've watched the, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC news. They start with a little bit of hard news and then immediately go to what used to end up on Entertainment Tonight. Right. So if you want to know what's happening, you've got to be truly proactive and seek out sources. And I guess online is the best place to do that. But of course, I don't know, never mind. I want to point out something, this is apropos of not much, but today when I was reading the New York Times, all of a sudden in the middle of the main section was this huge uh, two-page spread of pictures, of um, African-American bars in uh, in New Orleans. And the headline of the story is, for many black-owned bars, it's last call in New Orleans. And I looked at that and thought, wait a minute. Didn't I just yesterday or the day before tell you that at the August Wilson Center here, there is a, a um, exhibit of exactly this. And then I looked, and that's what this is. The New York Times d- did has some of the pictures that are available right down the street here at the August Wilson Center. And at the end of the piece, they say that this series of photographs which includes these images, can be seen through March 29th at the August Wilson African American Cultural Center in Pittsburgh. Well, if the New York Times was devoted two pages to it in today's paper, maybe you guys are... It behooves
1: you guys to get off your tushes. and yeah, Maybe it'd it would be
0: more interesting. And I just, I just want to say that the photographer and the author of this piece, they also published the um, photographer's piece. Um, that it's this Sunday from 2 to 4, he will be here to talk about uh, th- this fascinating history of what these black bars meant to the uh, black community and how they are disappearing. So, yeah, just wanted to say that. Oh, those why why are they
1: why are they disappearing though
0: well it, it, somewhat it's gentrification somewhat it is a result of um the flood, the hurricane wiping a lot of stuff out um it
1: just it it disappeared okay. It says... Uh, I'm sure part of, it, part of it is due to integration.
0: No, and that's true, too. It says... Um, for I mean, he's, he's talking about this street that was all just black bars. He says, uh, now, um, all, they were once owned and operated by black people who served black customers, and now they have white owners, and they cater to a mostly white crowd. This is an area that's close to the French Quarter and um, it's disappearing. And he says that these black bars were, um, you know, they were more than bars. They were safe spaces. They were cultural institutions. They were, um, uh, they were places where uh, black people could go and actually get help and he says some would um uh, support charities and put on the city's famous uh parades they would uh they would pay for funerals and this was all coming out of these bars it's hard to believe but they're 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 just they're disappearing he says as the bars shutter culture is displaced and in New Orleans, that has come with a rising fear that venerable traditions could be subject to the same fate. So there you have it. Um,
1: well, they'll kill, the, I mean, if they kill off all of that culture, they're, they're killing off uh, a great deal of the of what draws Tourism, tourism you know, right. right well, mean, It's. I mean, it, it ain't the white folks that gave them the music. It ain't the white folks that brought in the way the food. It ain't. It ain't any of that. So if you throw out that culture, you're throwing out the the, the essence of the city.
0: Right, and we should also note, though, uh, the city will be underwater in fifty years.
1: Yeah, it's moot.
0: Well, let's see, Sue. We got eight minutes left. Do we have anything? I mean,
1: I'm in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen looking for a butcher knife. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I
0: was... Okay, so. Um... Oh, I, I, I follow this woman who's a journalist on Twitter. And I got to know her because she had a um, she had an internship here um, for the pittsburgh post Gazette and some i can 't remember how we encountered each other, but she she's from Green Bay, <laughs> you know and when you bump into somebody from Green Bay, you know you say, "Hey yeah uh, yeah," and I saw that she tweeted today she now works at a newspaper in Ohio she tweeted um. Nothing exciting ever happens in Green Bay. And and she linked this tweet to a story from the Green Bay Press-Gazette that said this, Police are seeking a hedgehog who's been stolen from the Green Bay Wildlife Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the excitement, I guess, uh, in, in Green Bay today.
1: Who would well, see? remember when the big story was the turkey that kept oh, the traffic in the turkey.
0: What well, I'm trying to remember that. <laughs> Didn't our brother want to go? And, there was a turkey that was loose and what, interfering with traffic? <laughs> he was walking up and down. On the west
1: side of Green State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, he was, and, and very bossy and was like attacking people and and was impeding traffic um and but he got hit like he had fun doing it he would show up to do it specifically so he started drawing crowds relocate him and well right but i think they finally relocated him to some less (laughs) (laughs) um
0: all right so i retweeted this the uh last night um Buttigieg said this about Bernie Sanders and about the comments praising Castro. Buttigieg said this, I don't want to be explaining why our nominee is encouraging people to look on the bright side of the Castro regime while we're going into the election of our lives. And I saw that, and I just tweeted it, but I tweeted it with this, this, this is the narrative that in Trump's hands is going to be brutal. Brutal. It's not just Castro. It's Ortega and the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. It's uh, another, you know, honeymooning in Moscow or whatever the hell it is. It's about, yeah, um, it doesn't play well with Older voters. But maybe Bernie And we're old. What? And
1: we're old. say, th- yeah. I mean I just don't like the jerk. I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real uh, cerebral about it. Never yeah. have, never will. I just think he's a narcissistic asshole. But anyway, you know. If he's a nominee, I'm voting for him.
0: Yeah, me too, but I think he'll be Disastrous. I don't I don't like his foreign policy. I don't like I mean there's just so much about him I don't like and I really maybe he'll win, but I, I, okay, I think
1: I, what? Let's let's just let's just stop here and I'm gonna say what I tried to say almost an hour ago. It's still so effing early in this process. Yeah, he's the front runner now. He looks unstoppable now, but let's just see what happens.
0: Well, who can stop
1: him? And then let's let, well, let's just, well, we've got Super Tuesday coming up. We I have, mean, the only know, people people
0: think can, We're, yeah, but Susan, Super Tuesday has the same cast of characters. So who are the other possibilities? It's Biden? You've got to be kidding splitting
1: me. The votes. They're all splitting the opposition votes.
0: Bloomberg? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So there's a debate tonight. Are you going to watch it? They'll be going right, after well, Bernie I mean for it, the. Fir- they have
1: a good excuse not to watch it. Not to watch the last two. I think I have to watch this one.
0: Well, I think for the first time they're going to have to come gunning for Bernie, which they never have done. They've never done that. Um. This will be interesting, I guess. I can barely take much more. I'm, you know. Really. I'm sorry.
1: No, you know what? I, I don't even feel bad about it. It's too much. If this is a process that's designed to force human beings to tune out, they've done it to perfection.
0: That's right. That's right. And, you know, we have to keep in mind that most people are not as inclined to pay attention in the first place as we are. Um, most people are not. So what they know of people and what they get are just little snippets. Somebody tells them something, this, that, and that's really it. And it'll be advertising. Yeah,
1: no, much to my horror, I am the source of what's going on to a large group of people. I I swear, I get phone calls. Well. And I think to myself, well, can't, can't you just read what I read?
0: No, well, most people don't, and they don't want to. They really don't want to, so whatever. I don't know. Okay, I'm too depressed.
1: Hey, Lynn. What? Don't be depressed. Think about this. Next week, this time.
0: Yeah, but you're going
1: to wake up at this. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you're outing me, Susan. I haven't told my audience, but next week I will not be here. I'm sorry. Um, I am going to take a break, and uh,
1: it's my fault. It is my fault. I am forcing her.
0: I'm going to come to, and visit. I'm going to visit Susan and my mom in uh, in sunny California, and so I'm going to just take next week off, if you don't mind. God, and let's try not to talk about this. Or,
1: to be clear, even if you do mind.
0: <laughs> well, but you know what? It's also Super Tuesday. I mean, so when I'm there, it'll be Super Tuesday next week, right?
1: Well, you know, we could always call in on Wednesday.
0: No, I'm not. Are you kidding me? Okay. No, I'm not. I have nothing to say. What matter It doesn't matter what I'm blathering about about it. I mean, I just, God help us.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't put that
0: together. Oh good. We get to sit around and play Super Tuesday
1: together. Okay. Okay. That's what we'll yeah. do. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Let's Goodbye, all... everybody. Goodbye, Cheer Susan. Have a okay. Good day. Yeah,
0: right. Goodbye. And I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I I'm yeah, I really I'm apologizing because I am so down. I'm just down. Have a good day. See you tomorrow.
1: Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.